Hi there, Pastor Austin Vondercheck here. Thank you for joining us at Rosewood Church Online. My prayer for you is that this message by Pastor Howard will be used by God to bless, teach, and challenge you today. And whether you call Rosewood home and are catching up on a past message, or you're one of our many long-distance partners who tune in every week, would you consider giving back to support the ministries and missions of Rosewood Church? You can do so easily through our website, rosewoodchurch.org. And if you're listening and you're local to the West Michigan area, we would love to have you in person when the time is right for you. Again, I pray this blesses you and helps you grow in your love of Jesus Christ. Uh, Good morning. I'm Pastor Howard, uh, one of the ministers here at this church. Uh, But this morning, I want to introduce you to someone else, and he's standing right over here. Thirty pieces of silver, the price of a slave. I betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And now my name is rejected by all new parents choosing a name for their infant sons. For my name, Judas, has come to mean traitor. I know what you're thinking. But before I say anything else, I want to make it clear that it wasn't just for the money. The reasons I betrayed Jesus of Nazareth are hard to understand. No one ever understands. I never understood. I think that's why I betrayed him. I never understood him. Some of you might remember when I did that whole monologue years ago. Uh, The good news is, if you want to hear the whole thing, uh, it will be part of the Sunday's Leftovers podcast, which will come out on Wednesday. Hope you're taking advantage of that. That gives a a chance to follow up on the message with a few other things, and uh, I I hope that you'll find uh, that whole monologue, the whole story of Judas, meaningful to you. Uh, This is the second Sunday in a series of messages called uh, The Great Betrayal. And uh, last Sunday, uh, Pastor Austin preached on Peter, and uh, he used this slide, and I borrowed it from him. Thank you, Austin. (laughs) He, He gave us a great summary of his message and of mine, and it was perfect. It fit just exactly with what I was thinking. Last week, Pastor Austin talked about Peter and pointed out that Peter came back. Peter, in a way, betrayed Jesus too. He denied him three times, but Peter came back. He was able to witness not only the death of Jesus on the cross, but the resurrection, and then had the experience with Jesus on the beach, and that coming together of his faith in Jesus that made all the difference in the world. Peter doubted, but Judas didn't believe or didn't know what to believe, and so he gave up. There it is, two messages, one screen. Peter came back, but Judas gave up. They both betrayed Jesus in a way, but they responded very differently. 
I confess I've always been interested in Judas. Um, He's a complex character. It's hard to figure out exactly what was going on in his mind. And and so um, I I remember the first time I became really interested in Judas was actually back in college days. You know, sat up late at night sometimes with friends talking about things. And one of my friends uh, had an album, and it, it said, Jesus Christ Superstar. And he says, hey, you want to listen to it? And I think we stayed up pretty late one night listening to the whole thing. It was released in 1971, so that dates the album. But that we listened to the whole thing. We talked about the character of Judas because he's so prominent in that musical. Uh, and, and what was going on inside his head. And that, that musical just tries to get at that. What was going on inside of Judas' head? And perhaps you, you saw the musical that was at the Circle Theater a few years ago. Uh, it's been on television. In fact, a few years ago, it was uh, on uh, Easter Sunday. They might do it again. Who knows? Uh, but uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Maybe you watched it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe it's not your taste in music. Because after all, it is a rock opera. Uh, it was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber with lyrics by Tim Rice. Uh, and it's very loosely based on the gospel accounts. Uh, It's not certainly word for word, but you certainly get into the character of Judas and his agony and his questioning and and the fact that he became progressively dissatisfied with Jesus and thought he was going in the wrong direction. And so Judas gave up on Jesus and then he gave up on himself. There is one haunting question that's repeated over and over in the title song of the musical, Jesus Christ Superstar. It's actually sung over and over in the chorus by the spirit of Judas Iscariot. Now, this is after he has committed suicide, so it's bringing his spirit back and, and, and the questioning that comes with him. Jesus sings, Judas sings to Jesus, do you think you're what they say you are? Sings that over and over again, and then, you know, the apologist, sort of like apologetic, uh, don't get me wrong, only want to know. Don't get me wrong, only want to know. Do you think you're what they say you are? And I've always appreciated that musical because it asks the right question. Who is Jesus? And you get into the struggle of Judas trying to figure out but not getting there, leaving the question open himself and the tragedy is that Judas didn't take the time to figure out the answer Judas gave up on Jesus so we got a couple questions to to struggle with this morning who was Judas and and what can we learn from him Um, Now, if you read some biblical commentaries, and I did in preparation for this message, you know, quite often the commentators will say, well, he's the most notorious person in human history. He he was just a really bad, bad person, and you know where he went. Uh, Some biblical commentators uh, will tell you that uh, he uh, committed the ultimate sin and therefore could not be redeemed. Well, I suppose if you believe, and I believe it's true, that the greatest example of love is to lay down your life for a friend, then you could say the greatest sin is to betray a friend, uh, to kill a friend essentially by your actions. 
And certainly Judas did that. He betrayed his friend Jesus, the sinless son of God, for 30 pieces of silver, which is about four months' salary. If you think about Judas, you say, how could he how could he sink so low? He was one of the 12 disciples. He, he heard Jesus speak. He saw the miracles. Uh, they shared bread together. They lived together for almost three years. Jesus trusted him. He was given the responsibility of being the treasurer of that group of disciples. He was often sent on errands to give to the poor or to buy provisions for the disciples. He was integral to the functioning of the 12 disciples. Jesus trusted him. And Judas just threw it all away. How did that happen? Well, I'd like to take a peek at one story where it seems to be the turning point from Judas. Now, if you read all four Gospels and you look for things about Judas, there's not a lot there. There's a few comments here and there, and in retrospect, the authors are saying, yeah, he was the guy who betrayed Jesus. But it seems like he kind of blends in to the functioning of the rest of the disciples, doesn't stand out as a rebellious spirit until this story, which seems to be a turning point for him. It's in John chapter 12, uh, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8, and you may read along in your Bible, or or you can read with me on the screen. So here we go, Uh, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served. Well, Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Well, if we look at this story, uh, it kind of sets Judas apart, doesn't it? As the one who was interested in the money and... He then stood out as a disciple that would not really care about what Mary was doing and not see the act of worship in it. But it's interesting to me about this story that it has a different twist in Matthew's account, in Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 8. So let's read it there. Now, notice what it says. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. 
This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Now, since it left it kind of general, it's, it's possible that Judas could have been the one that actually said the words. But Matthew is quick to point out that, that the rest of the disciples agreed with him, that pouring the perfume on Jesus was a waste of good money. It's also interesting where Matthew places this story. Uh, in Matthew's gospel, the story is immediately followed by the offer of Judas to betray Jesus. In Matthew 26, uh, we're going to start reading with verse 14. Then one of the twelve, the one who called, one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. As Matthew sets up this story, Judas didn't have very long to wait because it was very soon after that that he betrayed Jesus. So all we have to do is jump ahead to a few verses, a few verses in the story to Matthew 26, verse 20. And we'll start reading there. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go, just as is written about him, but woe to the one who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. Well, you know the rest of the story, right? Um, Judas uh, leaves rather abruptly. Um, and the disciples think it's a little strange, but they're thinking maybe, maybe Jesus asked him to do something that's important, like give some money to the poor or get some more wine for the meal or something, you know. So it didn't really click with them, and especially because the disciples were so focused on that last supper that Jesus was sharing with them and his words about, this is my body broken for you, and... And then later in the meal, this cup represents his blood that would be poured out for them. The disciples were wondering, what in the world is Jesus talking about? So finally, the disciples leave the meal. They go to the Garden of Gethsemane, a place where Jesus often went to pray. And Jesus prayed, and the disciples went to sleep. And then they were startled awake by a large crowd that came with swords and clubs sent by the chief priests. And Judas was there with them. And Judas had arranged for a a signal, a signal of how he would betray him. He said, the one who I kiss is the one I, who is the man. So, uh, in fact, right before the service, I have to add this now because Yvonne taught me something very important. Uh, this is the way you sign Judas's name. Instead of spelling it out, which I could never do, 
This is easy. You take your little finger and write a J and then put it on your cheek. So you get it? Judas kiss. The ultimate act of betrayal. The irony that was in the kiss was Judas was giving up on Jesus. Then um, then after uh, that happened, uh, the chief priests and the mob took Judas away, uh, and uh, he was taken into the Sanhedrin and questioned, and it didn't take long for the chief priests to implement their plan uh, that uh, for uh, Jesus to be uh, tried and found guilty and then was turned over to Pilate. And, and at some point, we're not exactly sure, but at some point when Judas became aware that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests, and then he went away and hanged himself. That's led some to speculate that uh, he had betrayed Jesus so that Jesus would, would prove himself as the Messiah, that he would never allow himself to be condemned, that he would do some miracle and all the chief priests of the Sanhedrin would be convinced of him. Judas may have been thinking along those lines, but we don't know what changed in his mind when he became seized with remorse and returned 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and went away and hanged himself. So it wasn't just about the money, or Judas could have taken the money and ran. The silver coins were actually obviously part of the betrayal, but Judas should have known better. Uh, Jesus had warned his disciples about loving money. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I, I wonder if Paul was thinking about Judas when he later wrote to Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. A lot of money still gets passed under the table. And it always comes with a price that's higher than the money. It destroys relationships. And that's still true today. Bribery and embezzlement are common forms of betrayal and they still result in suffering far beyond the value of any money that could be gained. But I don't think it was just the money. I think Judas was just as confused about Jesus as the other disciples were, especially when Jesus began talking about his death. Judas was obviously disappointed in Jesus Jesus could have driven out the Romans and used his power to set things right again. Judas saw Jesus' power, but, and he wanted power like that for himself. Jesus didn't care what mattered most to Judas, money, power, and prestige. And this disappointment turned into anger. And anger mixed with greed finally turned into betrayal. There it is. Confusion, disappointment, anger, that happens to us. I think it happens with Judas. He doesn't know what to think, and he strikes out in anger. 
real tragedy is that Judas didn't get what he wanted from Jesus and then gave up on him before he realized why Jesus had come. Judas never understood Jesus. If only he had waited. There's the question. If only Judas had waited. Think about this. If, if he had been at the cross and heard Jesus say that he did not hold it against them. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. If Judas had waited to hear those words, maybe he could have accepted the forgiveness of Jesus. Maybe he could have realized that he didn't know what he was doing when he betrayed Jesus. Maybe he could have accepted the forgiveness of Jesus, just like Jesus forgave Peter. Maybe Judas uh, would have realized why Jesus came to this earth. The power of Jesus wasn't the power to conquer the world, at least not in the way that Judas was thinking. And everyone who believes in him would be saved no matter what they have done. Now, you may be wondering, uh, as I have, about the background to this slide. Let's put the uh, slide up there again for the uh, title slide. If you look very carefully at that title slide, you see what's going on in the background. You see in the center, Judas giving Jesus a kiss. The soldiers are on one side. The disciples are on the other. And here is the act of great betrayal. Judas kissing Jesus. What's striking about this arrest, though, if you read all of the details of what went on, is that Jesus didn't, arrest, didn't resist arrest. And as Matthew tells the story, when Judas kissed Jesus to identify him as the one to arrest, Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Friend. Did you get that? Jesus replied, after this kiss, do what you came for, friend. Jesus called Judas his friend while Judas was betraying him. Judas, in a way, had kind of bottled up all his disappointment and anger in Jesus uh, and poured it out of him in the garden. And yet, Jesus still loved Judas. Notice the contrast there. I, I just, I couldn't miss this. In the contrast between Mary and what she had done, she, she had poured out perfume that was worth a year's wages on Jesus. And Judas, in a way, had bottled up all his anger and poured it out on Jesus. Judas, overwhelmed with hatred, settles for much less only 30 pieces of silver. It's amazing. Judas was so overwhelmed with hatred that he settles for much less than Jesus had to offer. But it wasn't just the money. He didn't see Jesus for who he is. He lacked the ears to hear what Jesus had to say about himself that he was the friend of Judas. Jesus had never been anything but a friend 
to Judas. But Judas gave up on Jesus. Perhaps you're feeling a little bit like Judas. Uh, You've given up on life. You are angry with God because he hasn't met your expectations. Uh, One of my favorite books that was published many years ago, but it's still in print by Philip Yancey, uh, is called Disappointment with God. And I found the title itself was rather curious. In fact, if you read the, the preface to the book, uh, Philip Yancey says that, that when he chose the title, his publisher did everything he could to convince him not to use that title because it's not the typical title for a Christian book. It's not the title you usually find in a Christian bookstore. But he stuck with it, and it captured so much attention because when we're really honest with ourselves, there are times that we're disappointed with God. God doesn't meet our expectations. And, and certainly in the last couple of years, there were many times they're disappointed that life couldn't continue as it is. And now disappointment with something that we all thought could not happen is that there is another country invading another country in Europe. We thought we were through with this, but now it seems to be coming back and the threat of war is very real. Well, it's not only those things. It's often the way we feel about ourselves. We feel powerless over all the forces that stand against us. And sometimes we bottle up our emotions and, and want to strike out. If Judas can teach us one thing, it's that it's possible to know a lot about Jesus and yet not really know him at all. It's possible to give up before truly understanding the meaning of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And maybe even you're desperate enough to consider ending your life. So you need to hear the word that Jesus spoke to Judas. Friend, you have a friend who will never leave you, no matter what. You have a friend that laid his life down for you. And there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. There's only one simple message that I'm bringing this morning. It's don't give up. (laughs) Don't give up. Judas gave up. And we're tempted to give up. I am sometimes tempted to give up when I see what's going on and it doesn't meet my expectations of what God should be doing in this world, I'm tempted to give up. But don't give up. You have a friend in Jesus, so don't give up on him. And and if you do anything in this season to recapture that, go to the Gospels. Okay, you don't have to read every gospel, the whole gospel. Go to the end of the gospels in Matthew and and John and read those accounts of that last week of Jesus' life. Get to know Jesus again and then be ready to celebrate with us on Easter Sunday the joyous news of the resurrection. That's what God did for you. That's what Jesus did for you. He died for you and rose again to give you new life.
So don't give up. Do as Peter did. Come back to Jesus. Don't give up. Let's pray. Father God, we come with heavy hearts at times uh, to you uh, to confess that we have been tempted to give up. We have come to points in our lives where we're confused. Uh, and, And because we're confused and disappointed, we don't understand what's going on. Sometimes, Lord, we get angry and we want to strike out. Um, and we might even do something as foolish as Judas and betray those around us. Lord, so help us to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that there is no sin beyond redemption that we have a friend in Jesus who never gives up on us. So we shouldn't give up on Jesus. And Lord, I'm thinking of anyone who has walked away from their faith, uh, anyone who struggled to understand, who has been tempted to give up. Lord, that you would give them a sense of new hope, not in the circumstances that may not change around us, but in Jesus and his presence with us through all that life throws at us. So, Lord, grant us the patience to wait and the faith to see so that we can understand what Jesus truly did for us in his death and resurrection and begin again to find our way with hope in this life. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for making Rosewood a part of your day. Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord.